right, everyone, welcome to another Bankless episode of State of the Nation. We are super excited to bring, I think, a very timely set of guests on today talking about Polygon, which is Ethereum's internet of change. This is a layer two solution. We've got the co-founders of the Polygon project on to discuss that. I think that is really the big news this week with gas fees as high as they are, David. But how are you doing? And uh, tease this episode a little bit for us here. Yeah, I'm doing just fantastic. Just another week in the crypto, uh, just blazing news of an industry. Uh, and so, you know, the Matic team and and Polygon has been, uh, I, I would say, a little bit under the radar, or at least under my radar, you know, heads down building. Uh, and now they are exploding onto the scene. Um, and so we're bringing the co-founders on to talk about the specific implementation details of this specific flavor of L2. I think uh, going into 2021 and definitely in the second half of 2020, it was all about people people picking out their favorite flavors of L2 and Matic now now known as Polygon is another flavor of L2 that we uh, that I think deserves people's attention and so we are going to investigate what that flavor is in this state of the nation. Yeah, and I think what's cool about this project Polygon is more than just a flavor. It's like a whole ice cream shop with all the flavors because they're <laughs> executing on all of them. But anyway, we will get to that. Of course, this is State of the Nation. It comes out every Tuesday. We try to bring up a really relevant topic and discuss it in depth. We release it on YouTube. If you're watching live, how's it going? Uh, and we also release it on the podcast as well. David, before we get to Polygon, let's talk about some things that are new in the Bankless Nation. Um, you had a fantastic conversation with Hugh Carp, mm-hmm. who is the founder of the the Nexus Mutual Project, insurance protocol for DeFi. We've had Hugh on the podcast previously, but what was that conversation? When's it coming out, and why is it important for folks to tune in? Yeah, uh, an unfortunate part of uh, DeFi history now. Hugh Carp is the founder of Nexus Mutual, and he was the uh, the owner of a bunch of NXM tokens, as the founder would be. This is normal. Uh, and uh, and so he was playing with DeFi. I think he was redeeming some farming rewards or something of this nature. And he pressed approve on his ledger to send a transaction. And turns out the transaction that he uh, approved on his ledger was not actually the transaction that he meant to approve. And what happened was that a, a hacker was able to inject a rogue file into his computer that hot swapped MetaMask with a forked version of MetaMask that injected a bad transaction into his ledger, which I, don't know, I, I make I don't know, every, every single day at least a couple transactions on my ledger, and I never like view the little like little like display that's going to tell me what to do. And so, you know, I don't think anyone really does. Um, and so, you know, Hugh pressed send to claim his farming rewards or whatever. But what actually happened was that this hacker had geared up this uh, transaction to send all of his NXM tokens to the hacker's address, which then the hacker then just you know cleaned up through like Ren BTC, Tornado Cash, and then exited. Uh, and so it's an ongoing investigation, but we brought Hugh on to talk about the vulnerabilities that he was exposed to and how he got um, how he got attacked by this hacker. Uh, and so if you are worried about uh, how this may have happened and you want to protect yourself, we have an article coming out on the Bankless newsletter, and this video is coming out tomorrow on the Bankless YouTube. Uh, the attack on Hugh Carp po- postmortem. Uh, thanks, Hugh, for coming out and, and sharing us all this information. And I think DeFi, it's an, it's an unfortunate reality. It's an unfortunate part of this crypto industry that these are the things the, the things just work this way and uh you know tip of the hat to hugh for sharing how he got attacked to make sure that none of us fall to that same fate yeah if you are a DeFi power user super user you've got to tune into this when i heard about hugh's hack i think it happened in december uh he lost eight million dollars this way uh so it's a massive 
you know, attack. And it's scary that this came through MetaMask. So if you're a DeFi power user, super user, make sure you tune into this and glean some, some of those lessons from Hugh's experience. That's why he's making it public to help the DeFi community. So take a look at the article and check out the, uh, the YouTube video that comes out tomorrow. Uh, by the way, David, we should mention that we, we are teaming up with uh, Lattice Wallet as well over the next uh, two weeks, because we're really excited. They've got some new Lattice Wallets in stock. So Think, oh, David's showing his right here. Okay, mm-hmm. so see that screen? This is like a, a ledger, like a hardware wallet. Big screen. But it has a big screen. And what's nice about the big screen is that you can see all of the transaction details on that screen. And it's it's much more human readable. So uh, we're, we're teaming up with Lattice. They wanted to give bankless readers, bankless uh, watchers first dibs on some new stock that they have on Lattices. So we'll include a link to the Lattice and uh, we're going to be publishing some more about the Lattice. Kind of a hands-on experience from, from David and I mm-hmm. uh, here shortly. But that is a tool for DeFi power users to prevent the Hue hack. Um, actually reading your transaction details before you click send. So stay tuned for that. We've got Liquidy on Meet the Nation, David. I don't know mm-hmm. if we have time to tease that. And then we also had the dollar milkshake theory with, with Brent Johnson, a podcast that came out on Monday. Um, so, so take a look at that. But maybe just give us, a, give us a quick high level of your conversation with Liquidy. What is that project? And when is that going to be posted on Bankless YouTube? Yeah, that's going to come out this week on the Bankless YouTube. Liquidity is a governance minimized stablecoin. It's a similar protocol to MakerDAO, but with less governance features. And it's also much more, much similar to uh, Rai, uh, which is also a governance minimized stablecoin project. But Rai, importantly, is not making a dollar peg stablecoin. They're making their own peg. Yet um, MakerDAO is making a govern a, a, a dollar stablecoin uh, in Dai, but it's not governance minimized. It's pretty heavy on the governance. So Liquidity is kind of trying to be this middle ground between MakerDAO and Rai, where they're pegging it to the dollar, but they're having governance minimization. Uh, and so that are that video is coming out on the Bankless YouTube this week. Yeah. What's so cool, we say this all the time, is uh, we're going to see all the things attempted in DeFi. All of the experiments will be attempted here. And this is just another one that's kind of a hybrid of the two models here. So super cool. All right, David, uh, before we get into talking with Polygon, I've got to ask you the question I always ask on these state of the nations. What is the state of the nation today, sir? Yeah, the state of the nation is expanding. We are expanding our territory, expanding our uh, real estate. The whole conversation about L2s is to create like new virtual real estate that isn't so crowded, right? Uh, ever since uh, Hasib Qureshi came on the podcast and he gave out that metaphor of how like DeFi is Manhattan or the Ethereum L1 is Manhattan, I've really been a fan of this like uh, real estate or just like physical landscape metaphor. Um, I made my first uh, loop ring wallet this week and so I now have a plot of land on the loop ring l2 uh, and so that's my new plot of land there's not as many inhabitants there and so gas uh, gas fees are really really inexpensive and really really uh instant uh and so people are tr- are flowing out of like uh you know manhattan trying to find new areas of land to settle on and one of those areas of land is polygon which we're bringing on to the bankless state of the nation this week and so the state of the nation is expanding we are expanding the fold we are moving outside of Manhattan and settling in the suburbs a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a great articulation of what's going on right now. So, uh, David, before we get into this conversation with the Polygon folks, let's take a minute to tell the bankless uh, visitors about our fantastic sponsors who made this episode possible. 
If you are looking for a product that connects your fiat bank account with DeFi tokens and products, you need to download the Dharma mobile app. Dharma is a non-custodial smart contract wallet and comes with a bridge that connects you right into your bank account. Dharma is the fastest and most efficient wallet between your fiat in your bank account and any token on Uniswap or even any vault in Yearn. With Dharma, you can get over $25,000 per week into the DeFi universe, and you can do it non-custodially. If you or anyone you know is hot on DeFi and you're trying to get your money into a DeFi investment, Dharma is the place to go. Signing up and going through KYC is an absolute breeze. It took me just under three minutes, and after signing into my bank account via Plaid, I am now just one transaction away from any token that Uniswap has to offer. Go to www.dharma.io, that's D-H-A-R-M-A.io, download the Dharma app and get yourself unbanked today. If you want to live a bankless life, you've got to get yourself a Monolith DeFi Visa card. Monolith is a one-two punch. It's both an Ethereum smart contract wallet and a Visa card that lets you spend the money you hold in your Ethereum account anywhere Visa is accepted. This is super cool. You can swipe your card at the coffee shop, at the gas station. When you do, you're paying with crypto, all without a bank. This has been the crypto vision since day one, and it's here. Monolith also offers on-ramps for getting your fiat into the world of DeFi. So it's trivial to top up your Monolith card whenever you need to. You can top it up with ETH, DAI, or DeFi tokens. And because Monolith is native DeFi infrastructure, the money that you hold not only never touches a bank, but it retains its DeFi superpowers. So you can swap assets on Uniswap, you can earn yield in DeFi protocols. You've never had a Visa card like this before. Go to monolith.xyz now and sign up to get your Monolith card. That's monolith.xyz. All right, everyone, welcome back. We want to introduce our next State of the Nation guest. We have Sandeep, who is the co-founder of the Ethereum Layer 2 project, Matic, and Mihalo, who is the co-founder of a project aiming to create the polka dot of Ethereum. Well, these two have fused their brains together and their teams together to create Polygon, formerly called Matic, which is Ethereum's internet of chains. A quick disclaimer before we get in, um, I'm actually an advisor on this project because I think uh, so much of it. So uh, keep that in mind as well. It's not the reason we had them on. We have them on because this is a fantastic project that you need to know about. Let's I'm start not an here, advisor, guys. so I get to be the bad guy. It's not. <laughs> um, so let, let, let's start here. If we could, guys, um, this narrative, if you go to the Polygon website and you sort of see the description of what Polygon is, it says Ethereum's internet of blockchains. I want to get to the Ethereum part in a little bit, but first, can we talk about this idea of an internet of blockchains? What is an internet of blockchains and why is that something that people should be paying attention to? And is that the future? Yeah, uh, first of all, thanks, thanks, Ryan and David for inviting us, even though David, you're not an advisor, and it's amazing that you actually still invited us really honored <laughs> here. And, uh, yeah, um, uh, thanks for the, uh, the question, Ryan. Uh, I guess Ethereum blockchain is a concept that uh, appeared a couple of years ago. And it's, um, it's a, I say, I would say a belief or, or a bet that the in, 
when this whole crypto ecosystem matures, uh, there cannot be one chain to rule them all, as, as, as some like to say. And the reality will necessarily be a multi-chain reality, uh, uh, as I said, once the ecosystem matures. And I would say there are two prim primary reasons for that. Uh, one is that blockchains uh, are hard to scale, as we, I guess, all know by this point. They are uh, uh, very... Uh, um, sophisticated machines built with security and resilience and decentralization in mind, but they are hard to scale, as I said. So uh, um, as we are, as more and more people are joining the bankless nation and uh, there's more users basically competing for the, the limited throughput, it becomes, I would say, relatively obvious that the future will have to be multi-chain. The second major reason, I would say, is that um, so far, both, I would say, Sandeep and I, through various roles, have worked with probably definitely 100 plus blockchain projects. And if there's something that we realized is that different projects have different requirements, basically, when it comes to uh, technology and the features their, their project and their community require. Sometimes some of them are more focused on security, some of them are more focused on privacy, etc. So that being said, um, any single blockchain, if we assume the existence of uh, that single blockchain that rules them all, uh, it, you cannot tune those parameters basically to, to cater to those uh, specific requirements. So that's, I guess, I would say that's probably the second major agreement that uh, um, explains why the future, as we believe, will have to be a multi-chain future. Okay. Um, if we agree on that, that there is, sorry, sorry, Ryan, is there is a multitude of blockchains, it becomes uh, relatively obvious that uh, we definitely should connect them. We don't want them to exist as isolated islands, and that's where the whole, now we, I guess, have the whole picture. I mean, the Internet of Blockchain is a concept of uh, multi-chain uh, reality uh, where chains are connected uh, among each other and can communicate and exchange messages and collaborate, if you want. So, so definitely the Polygon thesis is believes that there is going to be some internet of blockchains, but Polygon wasn't, isn't the first project to say that. There have been some other projects that have been saying this for a while. Maybe we could touch on them. So I remember in 2017, uh, a project called Cosmos was talking about the internet of blockchains. So that's one approach. And uh, I, another has been the Polkadot network, which is uh, talking very much about uh, an internet of blockchains. Maybe Sandeep, could you build on what Mahalo was saying about the internet of blockchains and talk about these uh, these two attempts, Cosmos and also Polkadot, and how they're kind of similar or distinct from what Polygon is building? Yeah, sure. So uh, I think one of the biggest thing that we you know we also keep discussing among amongst ourselves is that both of these attempts. Uh, like first thing is very clear that 99% of I would say like I don't have exact number but 95 to 99% of all the blockchain developers Ethereum developers right first like you know uh, principally like slightly wrong step uh, we believe or uh, you know at least from our opinion is that these uh, you know ecosystems don't like try to create a separate uh, you know environment than Ethereum right so they don't kind of utilize those network effects ethereum already has secondly uh, you know the one more important part is both of the platforms are uh, you know sort of opinionated in the in their in their sense right so like they have 
particular kind of solutions that they are looking to build right like uh, you know a, like an opinionated approach like for example in cosmos you have like each of the separate or the the chains actually uh, they have their own you know security and then they connect to the cosmos hub and then you know uh, the problem is that you know if let's say one chain is communicating to some other chain how do they how do they trust the you know the things that are coming from the other chain similarly with polkadot uh, you know polkadot is trying to build a shared security thing right so you know you will have a like a central chain which will have some validators and they will kind of uh, you know validate on para chains which would be like shared security chains again like that is also one flavor of uh, you know kind of application so you know what when we teamed up like you know one of the biggest parts of our synergies was that we uh, you know after talking to so many developers uh, is like you know like the the eventual solution that will end up winning the overall like the scalability or or winning the infrastructure side of thing would be something that is unopinionated that means like that caters to the requirements of the developers uh, you know as per their their projects right so those those two are i i would say are the are the are the most important things in my mind that how we differentiate from that and like first i already mentioned that you know being being closer to ethereum and then you know building on top of ethereum and providing the scalability to like you know the 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 projects which are already there uh, on ethereum by providing evm compatible chains and then you know connecting them via via ethereum and one important thesis we also have is that uh, you know eventually whatever happens ethereum is going to be the ultimate settlement layer and the business activities will move to these various flavors of of you know uh, you know like the execution environments be it like you know standalone chains be it sec shared security chains or l2 chains which derive uh, their security from ethereum so that would be like you know, so that's that's the main idea around it. Sandeep, why do you think that? Why do you think uh, Ethereum will be the settlement layer for this entire internet of chain? Yeah. So I think like the uh, the Ethereum's primary, uh, you know, this thing like a decentralized and secure programmable money, uh, you know, part is is the like it has been proven over the years, and then the like overall the developer ecosystem. There are multiple things like we can go on and on about it, but then you know like. Uh, like we were just talking about the the kind of hacks that you know defi environment is in, is already having now right so and then you know previously apart from defi also ethereum has seen so many like maybe like a billion dollar worth of attacks right and then ethereum has reached this stage which is a level of maturity where we can see like you know billions of dollars of defi and you know we are seeing all the like you know the traditional finance sector talking about it and all that so that level of maturity and the network effect it takes like time and and there is no shortcut to that like that's organic uh, you know movement that ethereum has 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 you know evolved in the last uh, you know like 6 7 years right so for any other blockchain platform to reach that uh, you know organically it is going to take time there is no shortcut no matter how big money you have raised no matter how many billions you have raised and you know like how much uh, you know how how you you are you're trying to build your developer community uh, those tooling uh, those you know your your wallets uh, your your security paradigms for your smart contracts and all that everything you know takes time so like ethereum is at a stage where it's very hard to you know take back or take those network effects out of ethereum 
you know that's what that's what i feel that that's why we believe that you know this programmable money paradigm which has proven itself over the time with with a huge amount of decentralization and security uh, i think that will that will control the you know central sort of uh, network effects in order to become the uh, in order to remain the settlement layer and the business activity it can happen uh, you know on the side chains or uh, in side chain means like you know other kind of execution environments Ryan, you're muted. Ryan, you're muted. Ah, thank you. So let me kind of summarize, Sandeep, for, for folks that are kind of new to this, because I think, and I've seen this on Discord, I've seen this on Twitter, um, there's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt going on about Ethereum given high gas fees. So um, Ethereum kind of quote unquote killers are coming in and saying, hey, we've, we've got more advanced technology. We've got a chain that doesn't have these high gas fees. DeFi is going to migrate over to our chain. Um, a chain like uh, the Binance uh, smart contract chain comes to mind or, or a chain like, uh, like the Polkadot network comes to mind, all of these kind of Ethereum killers. And I, I think what you're saying is the difference between sort of uh, an Ethereum killer or a competitor and what you're doing with, with Polygon is that, that basically um, your Polygon is Ethereum's internet of chains because you're using Ethereum tooling that works out of the box. So like the Ethereum virtual machine, all of the wallets, all of the infrastructure, all of the smart contracts can just be ported over. So you've got that, which is kind of Ethereum native, if you will. But, but secondly, um, the, the plan for, for Polygon or any layer two is also to use Ethereum as a settlement layer and also to use Ethereum's uh, security. Uh, so all of Ethereum's economic security, if, if you guys were building out sort of a, an optimistic rollup or a ZK rollup or something, uh, the Polygon chains would essentially be backed by Ethereum's economic security. If you're an ETH killer competing as another layer one, a Cosmos, for instance, you have to bring your own security to the table. You're not bootstrapping that on the, uh, the value of Ether, the token and its economic security. If you're Polkadot, it's the same thing. You're sort of, so a layer two is something that uses Ethereum as a settlement and it uses Ethereum for, for security and uses some of the Ethereum tooling like the EVM. Is that an accurate representation of the difference between a layer two and an ETH killer? Yeah, largely, largely. And I think uh, Mihalo can expand on that, like, you know, multiple, like uh, one part like Mihalo has, uh, you know, very uh, nicely articulated is the various degrees of, you know, connectivity to Ethereum. So there is, there, there's like, you know, there's various kind of tethering. So one is a like a very strongly coupled tethering into, uh, you know, tethering into the uh, Ethereum layer, which will be like a layer two, uh, you know, trading like, for example, ZK rollups, optimistic rollups, then you have another layer of or kind of connectivity, which is like, let's say in the form of bridges, right? So, and then there are multiple flavors to it. So for example, the Polygon POS chains, if you see the whole of like, although many people think of it as a separate, like a proof of stake, uh, you know, side chain, uh, but then it actually, the whole of POS logic actually stays inside of Ethereum. So all the validators actually have to register on Ethereum. They, you know, they, they make periodic checkpoints onto Ethereum, whatever is happening on the side chain, they put a proof of, even on, and I'm talking about the, uh, you know, Polygon POS chain, the Matic Network POS chain, you know, they put the checkpoints onto the Ethereum, uh, this thing, and their rewards, staking rewards are actually given out 
basis the checkpoints that they've given so like there is a there's a lot of like you know the the connectivity to ethereum is also a spectrum right so you have the extreme end of like you know let's say optimistic rollups which actually are putting the transaction call data as well as the state route also on the ethereum and then you know they have you have the you know the standalone chains on other side like which might be an enterprise chain but still again like you know just something like what we what everybody is trying to do with quorum and you know uh, you know ethereum enterprise alliance the idea is that if the larger number of developers are building on evm solidity and all that the ethereum ecosystem overall you know is yeah maybe just a few few uh, lines but i think sandeep articulated it pretty pretty well uh, first of all i guess the most prominent um, internet of uh, chains projects out there are cosmos and polkadot and um, maybe avalanche and um, i first of all would like to say that these are amazing projects with uh, very very good teams and uh, huge kudos for all the work they're doing and um, that being said i think that um, i would say the fundamental from our point of view fundamental mistake when when they, these projects were initiated or started is the decision to build a separate ecosystem or some people would like to say ethereum killers we, we believe our bet is that uh, and we are uh, i would say pretty sure of that 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 was a strategic mistake like uh, and uh, internet we strongly believe internet of chain is the future but internet of chain done right if you will is inter ethereum's internet of of, of chains so, uh, that's the only thing that in our opinion makes sense because of everything that you mentioned networking effects the maturity of the tech stack and and uh, all the other things um and that's what we basically decided to do that's i would say that is i would say the major difference between us and these other projects that we mentioned and that major difference actually when you when you go a little bit deeper and you start really thinking about it it might not sound like a big deal but then like once you start going deeper into the weeds it really really can i would say even blow your mind like in a sense that um uh how uh, um you get so many more options in terms of the architecture you get by default higher security because you have all of a sudden like all these projects uh, um Cosmos, be it Cosmos or Polkadot or whatever. Like for example, Polkadot has the relay chain as the, let's say, settlement layer or their source of security. It is still, uh, of course, I'm really not saying, uh, trying to say anything bad, and I won't, uh, um, I will never say anything bad about those those projects. But you have a chain that is still not battle tested; that is just basically starting to run, and you are using it as a source of security for the whole ecosystem of chains and that can 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 be uh, tricky and can introduce some challenges here you have the most battle tested and the most secure programmable blockchain in the world as your settlement settlement layer layer and source of security i mean it's like a a, a very huge difference you we have to admit the the second thing is all the tech stack like when you're building an ecosystem from scratch ethereum was I would say some sort of perfect storm happened. And as Sandeep said, no matter how much money you have, it is going to be, in my opinion, extremely hard to, to replicate the success of Ethereum and all that organic interest and uh, like the whole digital nation that gathered and formed around Ethereum. It's like really, really impressive. Um, so yes, I mean, that's, I think that's like a really a, a major difference. And, um, 
once you start building such a uh, such a multi-chain system with ethereum in mind like there are i guess two again major impacts one is uh, or aspects one is strictly technological and i would say pretty obvious you get to inherit all the tooling all the i mean the for example evm as a, a global standard for programmable, programmable blockchains and uh, all the ancillary tools and whatnot uh and the it, it for any competitor it will take years to to reach to that point where it is now and the, the second thing is uh, i would say a little less obvious and it's kind of abstract or maybe sociological if you will is uh, uh, that um i think the community understands if something is built i think community understands and will understand that that polygon is built as an integral part of the ethereum ecosystem both technologically and uh from the point of, uh, of view i mean from the cultural point of view if you will i think community is a, very much able to recognize these things so these two aspects i believe are putting polygon in a very good i say position so, so here's my my takeaway so far um uh sorry one moment while i adjust the screen um so so my takeaway is that uh there is this construct this construction that we can label as like an internet of blockchains and that can be a relatively neutral thing to build we can build it as a neutral piece of infrastructure that we can deploy it wherever you know cosmos has it deployed as its own kind of like internet interchain Polkadot has its uh, has it deployed as this you know l1 ecosystem uh, and then you guys have it deployed as, as strictly an extension of uh, the ethereum base protocol as an l2 but it's the same con is more or less the same construct depending on um, with maybe some tweaks and parameters adjusted. But what you guys are saying is that when you when you take this neutral construct that is possible to be built in any sort of context, and then you put it inside of the Ethereum context, you get to draft on some of what makes Ethereum so awesome. One of these things being the value of Ether and the native security of Ethereum, the blockchain. And then also you could also draft on all the multitude of assets that are being issued on Ethereum, right? And so any sort of ERC-20 token, and I and correct me if I'm wrong, but any ERC-721 token uh, can also be uh, work with Matic natively with, with Matic, right? And, and I guess yep. the whole point of Cosmos and Polkadot is to also be able to make an interchain world. So in theory, I should be able to take my assets to Cosmos as well. Um, but the, the difference there is that, you know, Cosmos isn't as natively integrated with e the security of Ethereum and having that native integration in the same way that like Loopring offers you the same assurances that the Ethereum L1 offers you. So does Matic slash Polygon, Polygon now now known as Polygon. And I think, uh, Mihailo, what you were just finishing up with up uh, there is that committing to ethereum is not only committing to the technology but also to the values and ethos of the community right and so like the energy that is in um avigachi is like all of that community can actually be carried over without loss into polygon right because we are committing to the ethos and to the ethics that we think that ethereum brings to the world the politics that we think ethereum brings to the world is matched by polygon so far that's my takeaway do you guys want to add on anything to that 
I think you phrased it uh, very well. I think that's a very good re recap of everything that we said so far. Like, as you said, and again, these are these two aspects. Uh, as you said, assets can be indeed transferred to Cosmos or to Polkadot uh, in similar manner, relatively similar manner, manner, at least on a high level. But it just comes when from that, if, if your design decision from the get-go is that I'm building a system that, that is integral part of the Ethereum ecosystem, and on the other side, there is uh, another design decision that says I'm building a separate ecosystem, and then I'm going to build bridges to it. It has to reflect along the way. It will reflect many times. It's like uh, you and I decide to do this show from the, your apartment, or we decide to do it from the get-go from different apartments, and then think of a ways to connect. It, it has to reflect uh, in in all sorts of ways along the way. And the second part is, as you said, uh, um, we are. Uh, um, uh, completely adopting Ethereum ethos and, and uh, ethos and uh, culture, and we are, I think, uh, already very much active uh, members of the Ethereum community and supporters all these years and all that. So, yes, I, I would say that's a great recap. Ryan, you're muted. David, I want to go back to something you said, right? Because um... It, uh, and and feel free anyone to kind of chime in here. But so he, here's kind of the thesis and the thesis that we've been talking about is that uh, if you are a base layer one chain, like you're a Bitcoin or an Ethereum or even a Polkadot, um, you have to be in the game to compete as a money. Your asset has to compete in the game for a monetary premium, right? So Bitcoin obviously competes uh, for a monetary premium. More recently, I think people are realizing that uh, Ether, when it's used as collateral, as a store of value, when it's used inside of the economic parameters of Ethereum, is competing as a money. Um, and this has been always my, my problem with like a dot or an atom in Cosmos, is that they don't seem to be competing as money, right? Like the, the folks on the Cosmos project will tell you explicitly, no, atoms are not money. There's some sort of a, a token, a capital asset, but they're not money. Um, the folks on Polkadot with, with dots, they're not quite as clear, but the challenge with treating dots as a money is that there's on-chain governance. So essentially you have issuance that's ruled by coin vote and, and by plutocracy. And the reason I think it's important that layer ones compete for money is because um, that's where their security comes from. Their economic security at the end of the day comes down to what's the value of the token. So Bitcoin's economic security and its double spend prevention is based on the value of Bitcoin as an asset. Ether's economic security, uh, Ethereum's, is based on the value of Ether, right? So you have to be competing and playing in this money game. And if the other layer one chains aren't competing, competing as a monetary asset, they, they don't have a credibly neutral plan to compete as, as a money, they can't possibly be the, uh, the chain that offers the highest security. And at the end of the day, it seems to me that DeFi will all move to the settlement layer uh, of the chain that offers the, the highest security. So I wanted to just throw that idea out there um, you know, to you guys, because we've been talking about kind of network effects and sort of the EVM and the tooling, and that's all true too. I also think that there is a network effect in, in being a money uh, that can't easily be replicated by a, and we've been calling them ETH killers, but like, you know, that that's just a term that the industry uses, you know, to your point, guys, these are, uh, these are good projects. These are good teams. Everybody has, you know, the, be the best uh, intents, I suppose. But it, it seems to me that 
unless they compete as a money, they can't possibly be as economically secure as Ethereum. So I guess what I what I see in sort of the Polygon approach is um, you don't have to bootstrap, you know, the Polygon token as a money. You could just you know use the economic security of Ethereum, and that's an advantage too because it's really hard to create a monetary asset that the world accepts as a, as a money. Any comments on that from Sandeep or Mahalo? I, I think that's a, absolutely a, a great point. And uh, um, definitely uh, positioning Ethereum as, as uh, money has, has been very valuable in terms of increasing the security of the whole ecosystem, primarily Ethereum mainnet, and then and indirectly the whole the whole Ethereum ecosystem, and that's something that, that uh, I think everyone it, it should be an obvious thing to 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 understand and admit. And that being said, of course, for us, um, that's that synergy basically that with, between Polygon and Ethereum. Like once you build the integral part of the ecosystem, uh, our best interests very much align with Ethereum's best interest, and Ethereum Ether being strong <laughs> or hard money and uh, having uh, i mean providing uh, or enabling high security to us so so it's like a very nice incentive alignment between um, in this case this particular case polygon and ethereum or any other basically ethereum ecosystem project and ethereum Yes, so, just to just to confirm it it ether is money i just want to say it twice. oh well you know you won't, you won't get any disagreement here on that. Yeah. So, uh, can, can we talk a little bit about the uh, the types of of chains that Polygon has? So, it's it's not just one solution, right? Uh, and actually, I'm going to share my screen here. This is a way to great way to look at it. There are multiple types of uh, roll up. It's not just zk roll up. It's not just a, a plasma or proof of stake chain. You guys are trying like this list of different chains kind of encapsulates all of the different approaches, may, maybe besides uh, state channels or, or that sort of thing, but all of the different uh, internet of chain types of approaches that are being attempted on Ethereum today. And you guys are, are doing them all at once. Maybe could you go over each of these uh, solutions and kind of talk about their advantages and, and disadvantages and how far you are in the, in the process of actually bringing them to market? Sure. So, Sandeep, do you want me to take this one or? Yeah. So maybe I can start with the the first yes, two. Sure, please. If you if you see the uh, current uh, like the Matic POS hybrid POS and Plasma chain, that please is very interesting, which is not very talked about. Is that on a single chain you have an option of two different uh, kind of right? So you can either choose a pure POS, uh, you know, a solution for you. And then you can actually choose, uh, you know, like a like a pure uh, or a plasma based solution. Also, I mean the the benefits and you know the the pros and cons are like you know uh, I mean a lot over there. For example, like with 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 uh, you know like with simple POS, uh, you know the solutions which only want to rely on the uh, you know security of the of the of the proof of stake layer they uh, you know end up using that more like for example some sort of nfts and you know like uh, you know like some some dao votings and all that where they don't need like that hard level of security like you know as i think i think that uh, that uh, analogy of having a manhattan versus a 
you know suburbs so you know the per per uh, square uh, you know mile number of policemen uh, in a in a in a manhattan area would be much bigger than the you know like a suburb so i think that's that's a very nice analogy to do that so you know like so the kind of use cases which want that they can have that if if the projects like for example uh, you know as far as we know like for example augur wants like more ethereum based on chain security like which is which comes with plasma uh, using fraud proofs and things like that so then you know you can use you you can use that but that comes with its own kind of caveats where you know the development and you know like you need to put more developer protocol uh, you know specific developer as into it and things like that so similarly you have other different different other solutions and you know may, maybe mihailo can take uh, from there uh, and i think he has a very nice uh, you know this thing of categorization of uh, you know the the larger piece of solutions into two different two main ones one one are the standalone chains and other ones the secure chains so yeah mihailo like if you want to take take over from there yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, yes, as Sandeep said, basically, uh, we like to categorize because the, the Ethereum scaling and infrastructure uh, um, uh, ecosystem is, is very vibrant and there's a lot of flavor, uh, flavors and a lot of projects offering different solutions and, and the, the whole ecosystem is really amazing, I would say. Um, what, we, what Polygon introduces here is basically some sort of we, we are trying to in introduce structure for the first time, maybe for the first time in this in this uh, fantastic and vibrant and organic ecosystem. Ethereum's, uh, Ethereum is developing organically by default, and that's a wonderful thing and, and very powerful. Uh, uh, um, but uh, the organic things often lack structure. So, so um, speaking with different projects, we kind of realize that there's there is awareness about different scaling solutions, but it's kind of hard to navigate that ecosystem and uh, understand the trade-offs and deal with some implementation complexities, I would say. And Polygon is, I would say, a community-driven effort to introduce some structure in that beautiful, organic, a bit chaotic uh, um, scaling ecosystem. Um, to, to introduce structure, we can start first by defining, let's say, two major categories of of Ethereum or Polygon chains. Uh, first one are these standalone chains. I would say uh, that's how we call them. Standalone chains are chains that do not necessarily uh, um, inherit security from Ethereum. They, by default, have their own validator set, and they are, in in simplest terms, you can think of them as some sort of side chains or enterprise chains. And uh, it is, I would like uh, to say. First of all, I guess to understand if, if some people are generally into Internet of Blockchains uh, uh, projects, um, those chains would be something similar to Cosmos Zones. I think it's fair to compare them with Cosmos Zones because Cosmos Zones also have their own validator sets and they are by default responsible for their own security. Um, in Ethereum, we already have, I would like to say, a, a very high success with chains like that. For example, if you Google, there's something on GitHub called Ethereum Atlas. It's like a list of uh, Ethereum compatible chains that are currently live and have assigned chain IDs. And there's already, I think, 60 plus chains over there. Plus there are, I would say, hundreds of enterprise implementations. And all of these chains are in that group, standalone chains. And they are live, they are running, they are like, uh, um, fulfilling their purpose. And I think um, there 
to be honest, I think they're not getting enough attention, at, at, or at least as much as uh, um, attention as they deserve. Um, we are, the community tends to focus on layer two solutions, uh, strictly layer two solutions in a narrow sense, and we will get to them in a minute. But I just wanted to say that I think these standalone chains are also providing a lot of value to the Ethereum ecosystem and community. And I think we are often forgetting that. All these chains uh, are still using Ethereum in one way or another to generate their assets, to their bridging uh, to Ethereum to transfer assets back and forth. They are using Ethereum for checkpoints, for um, all sorts of, of uh, activities. And they are, in my at least humble opinion, uh, significantly contributing to the Ethereum network effect and, and the ecosystem overall. And I think we're kind of doing them a bit of an injustice by, uh, because let's say we have hundreds of such chains in production today and layer two solutions, we unfortunately still have maybe dozens in, 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 uh, alive. But like a layer two, strictly layer two solutions um, get probably like 90% of, of the attention. So that's just something I wanted to um, briefly say. So Polygon uh, uh, and the Polygon SDK that we'll be releasing soon supports by default building these standalone chains. Uh, once you have a standalone chain, as I said, you can interact with Ethereum in various ways, use it for checkpointing, transferring assets, even staking like we do for our Matic POS chain, which is one example of such standalone chains, etc. So I would say it's like it's a really, really important component of the Ethereum multi-chain. Um, so that's the first group of chains. The second group of chains are what we called secure chains. These are the chains that derive security from Ethereum. And these would be uh, layer two solutions in the narrow sense. Like, and there I uh, really like your analogy, Ryan, that when you said that we are actually at like an ice cream shop or uh, instead of providing any specific flavor, we are actually like an ice cream shop where you uh, developers or project uh, founders can come and pick their, basically pick the flavor that fits their requirements and needs uh, the best. Um, yeah, uh, that being said, um, we are kind of, um, we spend a lot of time also working, and me personally, and Sandeep and the whole team uh, uh, spend a lot of time analyzing different layer two solutions, uh, working with specific projects to, to help them find the optimal scaling solution. And, and uh, one thing we realize is that there is no silver bullet for Ethereum scaling. There is no one size fits all flavor that will, at least we believe that, and that's our bet, that will uh, fit, that will be an optimal solution for all the projects out there. We believe that multiple scaling approaches will definitely coexist in the long term. And that's how we decided basically to offer a multitude of solutions instead of any specific solution. We, we have like, of course, also enormous respect for all the teams out there, like uh, huge shout out for teams like, to teams like, I don't know, Metrolabs, uh, Optimism, and all these teams are doing fantastic work. And we will be working with those teams, hopefully closely in the future and already working with many of them. Uh, uh, but um, they are, uh, by default also focused on one specific solution, one specific implementation. So once you're in that position also, you cannot, um, you have no other option but to, um, you're actually betting on that solution. You're all in on that specific flavor. We think it is mm, not really a safe bet because as we know, Ethereum uh, uh, um, 
scaling ecosystem is still in developing the whole industry is basically developing this industry is we must not forget 10 years old in total and ethereum and programmable blockchains are like five years old in total so this industry will still see a lot of changes innovation turbulence and all these things so that's why we decided to um and because of there is no one size fits all solution these were the reasons that made us basically introduced something that the community already likes to call layer two aggregator. Like you have DEX aggregators that came along and aggregated multiple DEXs. That's how uh, Polygon is basically aiming to aggregate or offer a multitude of layer two solutions to projects and teams out there. So, so I, I want to ask about kind of how, how that works. And so on, on Polygon, we just went through a, a couple examples of the chains that we that we found. Like um, you said, uh, uh, shared security uh, blockchains, standalone blockchains. And I think if people are familiar with uh, Cosmos uh, terminology, this would be application-specific blockchains, I think would be how they would have called it. Um, but then we also have other Polygon chains, which are things like, you know, just a plasma chain, ZK rollups, optimistic rollups, things that we've seen in the rest of the ecosystem. But my question is, why? how is this different than just a normal optimistic roll-up chain? And like, how does consensus of the many Polygon chains happen? And where does that consensus happen when it, when it in relation to Ethereum, right? So like, are these blockchains, Polygon chains all talking to each other? Or like, where is the canonical like convergence onto one kind of state of truth as to what is true about the Polygon L2? And, and then how does that get communicated to Ethereum? Because we have these, all of these different flavors of blockchains. How do they interoperate? Or like, how does, how does Polygon come to know what is true about all these various different blockchains? Like, where is that actually happening? Yes, that, that's, a, that's a fantastic question. Uh, basically, there is, uh, in, in Polygon, in the, the multi-chain reality that we envision, there is no such thing as global consistency, like strong global consistency. Uh, we kind of believe that it is pretty much not possible to, to achieve on, on a, like a global scale, like in, in, let's say, in traditional systems, be it financial systems, traditional financial systems or Web2 systems, you always have some... Um, either autonomous systems or some systems that are functioning independently and can fail independently. And uh, uh, by allowing that, you are actually making the system more resilient. That's what we believe. So there is no such thing as global consistency because, um, let's say, I think Polkadot is an example of a project that, that strives to achieve global consistency. And on the other side, Cosmos is a project that aims to uh, um, isolate uh, security and avoids global consistency as, as, as a goal. And we believe this, this Cosmos approach, the approach that Cosmos took is, is a better one um, because it, these global consistency approaches, number one, never can scale uh, unlimitedly. That's simply, I would say, not possible by design because you always have some sort set of validators that at the end of the day has to validate this proof. So it, there's always an upper limit to how much you can scale. And uh, the second thing is that it's actually really hard to achieve. Right? Once you have a multitude of chains, all of them at the end of the day can produce some, there can be malicious activities or even mistakes, unintentional, non-malicious mistakes that can uh, cause um, invalid transactions, let's say, to appear in that specific chain. And 
if you are uh, uh, strongly insisting on a global consistency, global security of the system, uh, the question is what happens then? And I, I say it, it has to happen uh, sooner or later in, in any such multi-chain system. So yes, that's the approach uh, when it comes to security. And we are we strongly believe that Polygon really tries to be as unopinionated and as flexible as possible. Like every project, every community on Polygon should decide for themselves what level of security suits them. If this security is absolutely critical for them, I would probably at this point at least advise using something like ZK uh, uh, rollups or Validium implementations if possible because they provide like high level of assurance and all the transactions of that uh, um, implementation get validated on the Ethereum directly. Uh, some other chains, for example, like enterprises, they really do not require that strong security of Ethereum, but they require many other things from the Ethereum ecosystem. So they might decide to pick something like a standalone chain and form their uh, own enterprise uh, uh, network and interact with Ethereum mainnet as they all generally want to. So, so um, the approach to security is, I would say, absolutely unopinionated and, and uh, uh, flexible, I would say. Yeah, uh, speaking of, I, in, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, please. I mean, I mean, just uh, one, like, uh, like, if David, your question is regarding like, where is, where everything converges, right? Like, and if your question was not regarding the security, then like everything converges on Ethereum. That's the whole point. Right, so like all the assets Absolutely. and everything, like the inter, you know, communication. Let's say between two enterprise chains. So we are already working with a with one particular enterprise implementation where let's say both chains are run by enterprises themselves, but then they communicate with each other using a checkpoint, like we have, uh, like you know, a cryptographic proof on the on the Ethereum main chain. So basically, everything converges back to Ethereum. That's the point but yeah sorry absolutely absolutely no 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 thanks for it's a great point everything converges uh, on ethereum like an ethereum is the nexus we envision ethereum as the one and only nexus of all this activity especially economic activity in this multi-chain uh, reality okay guys we're absolutely. gonna we're gonna pause for for some sponsors and when we get back we'd love to talk to you some more about some of the DeFi projects using polygon today the 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 full landscape of ethereum layer 2 and the projects out there and then hopefully we can get to the matic token and the token economics so guys stay tuned and uh let's uh, we want to tell you about these sponsors first Gemini is the world's most trusted cryptocurrency exchange. I've been a customer of Gemini since I first got into crypto in 2017, and it's been my main exchange of choice to make my crypto buys and sells. Gemini is available in all 50 states and over 50 countries worldwide. And on Gemini, there are markets for over 30 various different crypto assets, including many of the hot DeFi tokens. And it's one of the few exchanges that has liquid die markets. Gemini just launched their earn program where you can earn up to 7.4% interest on 26 various crypto assets. If you're tired of paying fees in DeFi or you don't want to worry about DeFi exploits, but you still want to earn interest on your crypto assets, Gemini Earn is the product for you. Another product I'm stoked to get my hands on is the Gemini Crypto Back Credit Card, which gives you 3% cash back on all of your purchases, but paid to you in your preferred crypto asset. When I get my Gemini credit card, I'm going to make sure that I get my cash back in ETH. So whenever I buy something, I get a little bit of ETH bonus back to me at the same time. 
You can open up a free account in under three minutes at gemini.com slash go bankless. And if you trade more than $100 within the first 30 days after sign up, you'll be gifted a free $15 Bitcoin bonus. Check them out at gemini.com slash go bankless. Aave is a borrowing and lending protocol on Ethereum and just recently released Aave version two, which has a ton of cool new features that makes using Aave even more powerful. With Aave, you can leverage the full power of DeFi, Money Legos, Yield, and Composability all in one application. On Aave, there are a ton of assets that you can deposit in order to gain yield, and all of those same assets can also be borrowed from the protocol if you have deposited collateral. Here you can see me getting a 200 USDC loan against my portfolio of a number of different DeFi tokens and ETH. I'll choose a variable interest rate because it's a lower rate than the stable interest rate option, but I could choose the stable interest rate option if I wanted to lock that interest rate in permanently. One of Aave's V2 features is the ability to swap collateral without having to withdraw your assets, trade them on Uniswap, and then deposit them back into Aave. Aave does all of this for you all in one seamless transaction, so you don't have to repay loans in order to change the collateral you have backing them. Check out the power of Aave at Aave.com. That's A-A-V-E.com. All right, guys, we are back with the Polygon team, Mihailo and Sandeep. Guys, uh, want to talk about DeFi projects that are using Polygon today and what, what you guys are seeing with the growth. So it seemed over DeFi summer, uh, gas fees got really expensive and there was a frenzy. Oh, we got to get to layer two. And then they cooled down, right? But now we're back into this frenzy. Gas fees are high again. It seems like there's uh, you know, an uptick, a massive uptick in conversation about migrating, maybe even starting uh, DeFi projects on layer twos. Can you talk about some of the projects that are using Polygon today? Um, I wanna maybe bring attention to uh, two things that that I found were sort of interesting, maybe reflect on that. The first is this, this tweet. There's now $200 million in total locked value on the Polygon plasma chain and the POS bridge. So on Polygon, 200 million in total locked value. So where's all of that coming from and what projects are using Polygon today? Yeah, so, uh, you know, a large part of it is actually, and which is a good news is that, uh, you know, is the stable coins. Uh, so like one of the, like in the DeFi side of things, like prediction markets, like, you know, you know, like I think the, 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 the Polygon POS chain is like really doing well over there with poly market, uh, you know, like some of the bigger, uh, you know, prediction markets, for example, in the space, poly market is on, uh, is on, 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 you know, the, the is on Polygon. Then you have this uh, uh, Sportex, which is doing a Canada-based team, very, very, doing very, very well. Their Sportex token is doing very well. Um, similarly, like you know, Augur team has multiple times said that you know they are integrating their uh, this parts, uh, you know, uh, UI and all that. And then you have other ones like Plotex and, you know, the upcoming ones, upcoming ones some of the upcoming ones they are doing. So, uh, you know, the prediction markets, things are going very, uh, things are going very well. And due, due to these prediction markets, a lot of stable coin come to Matic. So uh, like the, the, the Polygon, uh, you know, PS chain. So the previously like out of like when, when the TVL used to hover around, I think 50 to $60 million dollars. Like forty to 50, forty to fifty million dollar was uh, was in stablecoin, but now I think some of the because of QuickSwap. So basically, QuickSwap is a Uniswap clone on uh, you know on on the on the on, on Polygon. So that is also attracting a lot of liquidity. And uh, now I think you have a free you have a few tokens like Abe Gotchi token is there. Then 
you have uh, you know sportex token which are which are like available in pretty uh, large numbers uh, you know in terms of their usd amounts uh, so so yeah those are there then you have a lot of other protocols like you know easyfi for example which is which is sort of a fork of compound but they want to do a lot of like micro lending kind of use cases because we still believe that for for the larger kind of like multi billion dollar uh you know tvls and all that like i think ethereum is is still like ethereum is the best layer for that for those those whale like you know let's call it like whale defi for a lack of a term right so for that like ethereum remains to be the the biggest this win but and you know like some of these maybe some of these protocols can have a like a micro versions of them on on the like on the, on this chain which is now like guarded by more than 100 100 million dollars of uh, like stake that like on the proof of stake side of thing so uh so like so easyfi is basically into micro defi case you know this this thing so they are now uh, innovating on top of it and trying to bring bring let's say under collateralized loans or payday loans for example like some of the cool features some of these projects are trying out then you have uh, you know like synthetics kind of applications like uh, like oro pocket is there which is issuing uh let's say gold and silver silver actual like you know backed by custody so it's not purely defi it's like cfi defi but then they are issuing let's say silver and gold uh, backed you know actual uh, you know assets on 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 the on the psn so similarly like you know there are multiple like, multiple these like defi plus nft is also becoming pretty hot so ave gotchi is 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 one of them so, so sandeep all these projects right that that you mentioned uh you know one you mentioned was was polymarket which we're familiar with we've done a tactic on before it's a prediction market and i remember when we when we first started using uh polymarket the first tactic bankless tactic we did on polymarket it was on mainchain right um but now this is all on polygon today is that correct so if i am using polymarket i can use my same metamask instance so same user experience i've i've had previously but it's going to be faster and no gas fees because or low gas fees because it's now on on polygon is that correct yes yes and you know you can actually say that no like you can say no gas fees because why because the applications actually pay those gas fees uh, for you so it's like it's like kind of a web2 model so you know if we want to attract the mass users you need to have that kind of model where you are like the gas fees is so low that you know you can maybe a decent application or a mid tier application can actually have a 100 dollar worth of you know matic tokens uh, yeah. and then you know they can pay the the gas fees and, for and the so polymarket itself that's just an example of a project where instead of like they started in manhattan but the rent was too high it got too expensive so they're just moving to the suburbs that's all they're doing they're just moving to the suburbs you get the same user experience and because their numbers are smaller than something like a uniswap so they're not doing billions in total locked value they might be doing millions today well the the economic security i don't know if they're using your proof of stake chain or what but let's say they are they they are okay so the the economic security offered by the polygon proof of stake chain well that's good enough that's all you need in the suburbs when you're doing lower amounts of of total locked value and then i suppose the idea with polygon is if they needed more economic security later they could migrate essentially to a polygon you know layer 2 that's that's based on optimistic rollups or zk rollups you know in the future 
so that's kind of what's going on here. Can, can we talk about this other post too? So I saw this, this was super interesting. The question in my mind for Polygon and all of these Ethereum layer two solutions, because Polygon isn't the only one, of course. And I know our, our listeners know that there's all sorts of layer two projects in Ethereum's internet of chains. But Avogachi went through, this is a NFT project. They went through why they picked um, Polygon. And it was for these reasons. One, sufficient decentralization. Like you guys had enough decentralization for their needs um, and enough economic security. EVM compatibility, right out of the box, they could just migrate things. Uh, production readiness. So the nice thing about Polygon is it's ready like right now. Some growing network effect, which we just talked about. So. This does seem to be a case where you know some suburbs might do better than others, right? Like Brooklyn might do better than the Bronx for whatever reason. Um, developer ecosystem and interoperability with other NFT projects. Those are some of the reasons they mentioned uh, going with, uh, with, with Polygon. Is this kind of common? How do you attract DeFi projects to your specific layer two? Like what are they looking for and how does Polygon differentiate itself? Yeah, so yeah, before I hand it over to Sandeep, uh, sorry, sorry, Sandeep, I just want to, one small thing to, to add or a small correction that the user experience is actually far better once you move from the Ethereum uh, uh, mainnet to, to, to Polygon. It's far better and you're uh, able to, to allow your end users the, I would say, Web2 user experience, which is like, probably critically important, like highly likely. If you talk to UX engineers and then the experts, everyone will tell you if you want to disrupt an app or a, a system or, or an industry, the disruptor has to offer at least the same level of user experience, if not better, at least the same. And we now have still this reality of people having to learn about guess and acquire it and all these things that are like huge, huge barriers. To, to entry and these things are pretty much uh, gone once you uh, in the case for example of Avegochi or Polymarket once they moved to 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 Polygon yeah so sorry Sandeep handing it over to you uh, hold on Sandeep uh, you're, you're muted yeah so with with DeFi kind of projects like you know now that the 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 stake on the network is like growing growing like you know like now i think it's like uh, around 100 million plus uh, proof of stake is guarding the the network and we have like 90 plus validators to give you a context like i think uh Mihailo, correct me if i'm wrong but like you know cosmos has primarily 100 uh, validators or something like that right so like I, I don't have an exact number but roughly like like that number right so you know imagine you have a you know ethereum side chain or layer two chain, which is guarded by almost like equal number of uh, validators that are, you know, uh, like a very uh, high profile, uh, you know, layer one project like that is there. So that, you know, that's why like uh, Ave Gauchi mentioned that sufficient decentralization is there. Uh, and then, you know, the, the stake is also pretty high. So for, uh, you know, some of these DeFi use cases, as you mentioned, like for poly markets, uh, poly market, which are, which are handling, let's say 40 to $50 million for now, right? So they are pretty happy uh, having a, uh, having uh, you know the, uh, the 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 assets over there, and and also like you know there all the all the user assets are not not being managed by one particular smart contract. Like only those amounts which are on bets, they are actually in the smart contract. So that also like kind of uh, diversifies the the risk profile over there. So uh, so that's why like you know DeFi projects are now getting more and more attracted attracted towards the uh, towards Polygon. 
but you know like defi plus nft because nfts like you know as you can already you know realize that you know a 30 dollar nft you need 100 dollars to mint on the main chain so like nft projects are you know there in droves and droves and i think that uh, avigochi um, you know even mentioned article even mentions that you know uh, there is like a you know like even open sea uh, is is looking to have an nft store uh, you know on the on the this one because so many like high profile games like almost you know like out of if you pick like let's say 10 you know gaming and nft projects you will find that you know six seven eight of them would be on on, on polygon so because of the you know obvious benefits that low cost uh, you know uh, transactions and and all that and even like i think for nfts even whenever like you know the other solutions like optimistic rollups and more secure solutions will come in but they will definitely have more uh, you know that their, their gas footprint will still be pretty high because optimistic rollups actually are putting all the transaction data on the ethereum main chain right so for the nft kind of use cases this level of security as well as the you know the to and fro bridging with ethereum works very well very well so that is attracting now nft plus DeFi use cases which is kind of you know you you must already be seeing that a lot of projects are exploring in that yeah direction. and that's going to be huge i think david and i've talked about so much in the rollups and otherwise like like nfts are going to be a gateway for people to discover crypto uh you know they're going to come because they saw a tweet from their favorite celebrity and they're a big fan of the community and they might just enter on a layer two rather than the way we all entered which was like we bought some ether we bought some bitcoin which is it's just going to be a, a fan, uh, fascinating inroad a another question about in general ethereum's layer twos because um polygon is not the only layer two of course there's optimistic rollup there's zk rollup starkware is doing some stuff uh, Dave and I are going to be doing a lot more on layer two on Bankless in, in the coming months. In fact, we're, we're talking to a, a panel, um, you know, recording tomorrow with a panel of uh, DeFi applications who are talking about selecting their layer two and the criteria and they use to select it. And that'll be on the podcast coming next Monday, guys. But I, I guess a question for you, is it is it like a, a battle to the death kind of competitive landscape? Is it, Are all of these Ethereum projects really uh, fighting each other? like kind of is there a layer two wars going on or are the projects all friendly and working together to solve this as a community what's what's the feeling right now i i would say definitely not i would say that definitely there's a, a lot of room for all, all these fantastic projects to to work and grow and uh, gain traction and uh, we will definitely act in the same manner and so far like I personally know founders of, I guess, many of those or most of these projects, and we are already either actively collaborating, exchanging knowledge, uh, helping each other, or even planning on some things that uh, maybe we'll be able to share more in the future, maybe even mer things like mergers and stuff like that. So, no, I, I would definitely say Ethereum, uh, uh, there's no such thing as Ethereum scaling wars. What you might see actually on Twitter, which is, uh, or elsewhere, it's probably like healthy debate between researchers because each of these scaling solutions, every scaling solution has trade-offs like any, any other technology in the world. Every technology has trade-offs. So when you see some sometimes some uh, conversations uh, around that, it's just basically mainly researchers discussing the, the, those trade-offs and, and uh, that's about it, I would say. So, so as, as far as it goes for us, and, and I would say all the other projects, there's no such thing as Ethereum scaling wars. There's like a lot of room for, for 
for everyone and especially for us like you know where we are looking to aggregate and provide a better you know developer experience for the for the users and you know kind of making it easier to navigate through this whole uh, you know layer two space uh, i think you know especially for us like it's not like that so speaking about trade-offs um, since, since Polygon has, you know, optimistic rollups or ZK rollups as a potential Polygon chain, what if somebody was thinking about doing a native optimistic rollups or doing optimistic rollups via Polygon, what are they giving up when they go to the Polygon version of optimistic rollups? What, what is uh, what's the cost of doing this? It's it's uh, not always. Uh, it differs from case to case. But for example, with optimistic rollups, we, uh, our optimistic rollups uh, 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 technology is not ready yet. It will be ready in months to come. Uh, we cannot. I cannot share any more details at this point. But we'll be hopefully able to share uh, very soon with the with the whole community. But thing is, sometimes for some solutions, we will have partnerships with specific. Uh, um, specific project that is working on that specific type of scaling for example for example like partnership with starter just giving an example here um, with other solutions we will have our own implementations the i guess the major difference would be that we are really trying to make it easy to use for other projects to 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 implement their own uh roll-ups or validiums or or uh, zk implementation and uh, the other difference is that it should be easy to switch, as Ryan nicely said, you can start with one scaling solution, one implementation, and as the time goes, and your project maybe matures and your community becomes stronger, you might decide that you actually want to change uh, the specific implementation and move from, let's say, from uh, let's say ZK. You maybe even started with ZK chain, and then your community became strong, and you are realizing that you can have your own standalone chains that can actually even introduce some nice uh, incentives for your community members and for your, let's say, projects native token and whatnot. So all kinds of possibilities are possible. So uh, I think Polygon can evolve, can allow any project to evolve or to follow the evolution of every project from in terms of infrastructure and technology that we that we support. We're like your, like, we are there to support you uh, with your infrastructure. We will provide you good infrastructure. So you can focus on what you do best is your project, your application, and, and uh, its adoption. The, the last thing I'd love I to cover, guys. Yeah, it does. And the, so the last thing I'd like to cover, and you guys may not be willing or uh, want to kind of weigh on on this too much, but I think it's an interesting, it's a super important point for uh, bankless listeners to, to sort of wrap their heads around because we're not only going west on the journey and actually using these protocols, but we're also investing in them. And I think it's it's kind of curious because uh, what we what we see here on like the you know the token market cap top ten list is a number of um, alternative non ETH layer ones. That are in the top ten list, right? So we've talked about this before. So Polkadot right now is valued at a fully diluted valuation of twenty-eight billion dollars. That's billion with a B. We've got um, Binance Chain, which is uh, nineteen billion. We've got Cosmos somewhere here with uh, their their Atom token. That's at six billion right now. What's interesting, I think, is if you're evaluating 
uh, things using sort of the, the bankless lens, which is there are, you know, asset superclasses and you're either competing as a, as a commodity or you're competing as a store of value or a capital asset, or in Ether's case, all three of those things we would argue. The question in my mind is what are these alternative layer ones competing as? And if they're not competing as a money, as a store of value, uh, and maybe they're competing partially as a commodity, uh, they're mostly competing as a, a capital asset. So um, what's interesting to me is to observe the relative market cap difference between like the polka dots and the Binance chains of the world and the, uh, the, the Adams Cosmos of the world versus like the like loop ring, for instance, <laughs> right? Um, loop ring is a Ethereum layer two, it's 859 million in terms of market cap or even like Polygon is you know 517 yeah half a billion so i i guess what i'm saying here is it seems to be the case that either these eth killers are like way overpriced in terms of of market cap uh or the the eth layer twos are way underpriced or it could be the case that these eth killers are basically these alternative layer ones are just sort of being assumed that they will accrue some monetary premium in the way that that ether does and being priced based on the value of ether. So I think if you, if you if you guys are thinking about like alpha leaks and opportunities, um, there's got to be some like mismatched pricing here. And I'm not saying this will play out like now or this cycle even because you know uh, who knows what retail will will, <laughs> will buy as they're entering the market. But I'm talking about like like long term. And long-term, it seems to be the case that if you're a layer one, you have to compete as a money. Otherwise, you're just competing with the other layer twos. And if that's the case, why is Polkadot 28 billion in market cap versus some of the Ethereum twos, uh, layer twos, which are in the, you know, still the hundreds of millions? It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and it seems like they're you know, one of us is going to be right, I guess, on on these bets. I don't know. Maybe that maybe the Polygon folks don't want to to weigh in on this because it's you know talking about like you know tokens and that sort of thing. But David, I'd at least like like to hear what's your take on this. I mean, how do you see things? Yeah, I, I would say that I think if you are a token on an L two, you are uh, not bothering to compete as like a native trustless uh, money, right? You are you are giving up that. Um, that value accrual mechanism to the native L1, right? You are, you are not, you're just not even bothering to fight that fight. And instead you are trying to focus on what, um, what is the core competency of the L2, which is to be an extension of the L1 while also providing uncompromising levels of, of security. Um, and I think, I think maybe the conversation could turn into uh, the actual role of the, Ma of the Matic, and I'm probably I'm assuming there's going to be a rebranding in the future, of the Matic token in the Polygon network and the role of Polygon validators. Can you guys explain the relationship between validators and the token and Ethereum? Yeah. So uh, basically, like uh, the, the, the Matic token is essentially a proof of stake token. Uh, which is used for uh, used by the validators to kind of you know to stake uh, uh, and and you know and basically earn the rights to become or kind of validate the transactions and then transactions uh, have the same you know gas model as Ethereum. So if you are a validator uh, and you uh, you know you have staked your token, you've earned the right to validate those transactions. You get to have the transaction fees, 
plus you also get to you know participate in putting the checkpoint on ethereum right this is specifically for like i'm talking about this pos and plasma chains i mean there can be future kind of chains which might not like you know have a checkpoint or have stronger checkpoints uh, you know that, that that will depend on the kind of solution but then essentially it's like the proof of stake uh, you know mechanism uh, you know basically the validators actually uh, earn the right on the transaction fees right so the value accrual mechanism is is actually directly dependent upon the adoption so if the large amount of adoption comes in and then the like the network starts generating hundreds of millions in transaction fees uh, then you know if you are a validator in this network you get a piece of that pie right and then you know let's say a 10% return for you yearly is a good enough return and then the network is let's say generating 100 million uh, per year in the uh, you know transaction cost then let's say a billion dollar worth of tokens can be staked right and that that amount of tokens are out of the supply so that's Sandeep, like- this is this is essentially the same role that uh, the atom token plays in the cosmos network correct exactly yeah exactly Except what are the fees actually denominated in? So I've got my Matic token. I've got my validator. I'm staking my Matic to my to my Matic. Uh, I'm taking staking my tokens to my validator, processing uh, transactions on the Matic L2, and I'm yeah. getting fees. Uh, how are those fees measured, and what are what is the denomination of those fees? How how do the fees yeah. happen? So the current POS chain, uh, the the Plasma chain, they have the fees denominated in Matic tokens itself. But then that's not the primary value accrual system of this. So in future, like, uh, you know, I and Mihalo have been discussing that, you know, we can very easily make, let's say, ETH as the uh, as the gas fees in that. And that actually increases the user experience. We kind of realized that, you know, that like later on in the cycle that, you know, we should have like with this change also, ETH could have been the, the gas fees so that people also have a mental model, easy, easier mental model that, okay, on Ethereum, I am paying 350 or like whatever gray as the gas fees and here i'm paying like you know maybe one to five gray as the gas fees so you know that could be a default option so but in terms of like uh you know currently it's matic and then in future it can be again like as mihalo said that you know we want to make it like completely unopinionated so like the default option might be eat in future but then there can be some change which say that hey i want die to be my transaction fees mechanism and then as a as a as a validator you earn the fees in whatever token the the relative uh, like the, the chain you are validating on uh you know denominates its fees on so and so with you... with ethereum gas fees the gas the amount of fees that is paid by the user to the miners or in the in future the validator is determined by how much demand there is for block space how what yeah. how is the fee size determined on polygon so it's exactly the same model, the 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 free market model for the for the gas uh, gas fees, and you know we are also exploring like the newer like you know like ERC one one five one one five five nine kind of uh, scenarios. Uh, so so yeah, like currently, but the the model is exactly like Ethereum. When the when the when the demand goes up and there are larger number of transactions, then validators choose the higher gas fees uh, paying transactions. Yeah, but the but the scalability of the current chain is pretty high like you know it's around like uh, you know 7200 tps uh, in some of our measure, uh, you know measurements so like network is right now far from uh, you know that stage so and then plus there are staking rewards so the validators also subsidize some sort of fees right now and and the top of that just to 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 add to that now we are introducing a multitude of chains so it's not like metaverse it's even though it's not it's nowhere near the peak capacity but we, we will have a multitude of chains, hopefully, in the future that will all have significant uh, uh, capacity. 
and just yes, that's the that's the general intention. Well, all of those uh, well, all of those chains may may all be um, if they're proof of stake in Polygon, will they all be backed by Maddox economic security in some way? Not not necessarily. Not necessarily. We we also think it's like a kind of a slippery slope or, or a double-edged sword. It's always like, um, I guess it's always um, tempting to, to, tokens are a very powerful mechanism, I would say, like in, in, uh, token powered systems are really um, amazing to, to analyze. And the way if you think like something like Bitcoin or Ethereum works as a, let's say, fully independent, but again, consistent and functional system only driven primarily, at least driven by the token that, that that's like a very, very interesting paradigm. And it's tempting to um, try to use that powerful uh, tool as, as much as possible, but it also can introduce friction. So we want to, uh, uh, like for developers that are building end user apps on Polygon, for them, the primary concern should be the user experience of their end users. For us, primary our primary concern is the ex developer experience, the experience for people who are building on Polygon. So we, we kind of have to be very flexible. If someone, there will be options and there will be many cases, I believe, where people would like to stake Ether or their native token or our native token to secure their, their system. So we just want to, um, there's that uh, famous misquote, let uh, thousand flowers bloom. We just want to allow uh, uh, all sorts of architectures, setups, whatever basically works the best for any specific project or the community. We think some some projects made that mistake previously, and if you're forcing someone to stake, uh, um, let's say one hundred thousand dollars of your native token, which is by default volatile because this is a vol very volatile I mean, market, and uh, uh, by in its nature, I mean <laughs> you are kind of um, instantly rejecting uh, uh, ninety percent of developers, I would say, out there, and um, that's definitely something to. To consider so yes i hope that answers the question we just want to be we just want to allow people to, to pick their favorite or optimal setup for their specific project and we believe uh like that feel that will uh provide in the long term the best value to to all the participants including token holders metric token holders ethereum token holders developers basically all the stakeholders in the system if you set up the system properly in the long term like everyone will be happy, I guess. So there are a number of questions in the Bankless YouTube and, and thanks everyone who's in the YouTube for being there in the chat box. The chat box I know is a very fun place to be. While you're there, please like and subscribe. We won't be able to get to every single question, but there is a question I want to get to is the roadmap for Polygon. Um, what's what's on the roadmap? What do you guys have as like, you know, deadlines or deliverables? Like what can we see coming down the pipeline? Yeah, so we are we are yet to publish a fully detailed uh, and timelined uh, roadmap. Uh, but then we like the next uh, upon release is our uh, Polygon SDK, which is like equivalent of uh, Polkadot substrate, uh, which you, you know you you can use to launch your own chains, uh, like you know parachains in 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 in, in Polkadot. So that is very close. Uh, but then you know beyond that, like all the all the things uh, you know a timed roadmap is is yet to be published. So yeah, we will share it with the community very, very soon, basically, but probably in the next 
couple of weeks to a month at most. Yeah. Well, actually, before we get we close out, I would like to squeeze one last question in here because I've seen this asked a couple times in in the uh, chat box. Sandeep, this one's for you. Uh, we re re uh, recently saw some hostile regulation out of India when it comes to crypto and, and blockchain development. I was wondering if maybe you could get your uh, comments on that about your opinions on on the government uh, stance towards our industry. Yeah. So uh, you know that like India has a like when when people see India's crypto regulations, they actually don't see the the background India is coming from. Like as as near as like you know ten years back, uh, there used there used to be a saying. Even though India is like you know fourth or fifth, you know largest uh, you know country by GDP, but there used to be a saying that you know like uh, you know like if you have two billion two trillion dollars of uh, economy uh, in the in the in the white markets, you have. Two billion worth of uh, you know two trillion dollar worth of economy in the black markets. So government is actually this the current government has been trying to put a lot of like you know curbs around like how people can you know move their money around and all that like bringing everything to system everything to the books and then suddenly you you introduce crypto and boom everything is gone right. So their discomfort is you know their discomfort uh, you know is pretty understandable. Uh, and they are like you know generally the tendency is to scare away the retail uh, because you know they they are like it's a pretty large country and then you know you have a lot of scams coming up and all that so uh, i think that's their intention mostly but right now seeing the like the global scenario where like elon musk is buying you know bitcoins and you know like these micro strategies of the world and all that i think they would be i don't see like you know the kind of like media sensationalism that has been done that there will be a outright blanket ban and all that like it's it's very hard to do in india in a democratic country like india it has like almost similar like values of liberty and all that as uh, you know as you have in the us so it's very hard to ban things outright previously government tried to do that and it was like you know it, it was quashed by the by our judiciary and supreme court actually issued an order against it so i think like for any of the any of the people who are like especially in india they are who are panicking on this like just relax even if there is a you know difficult regulation comes in government will give you time to you know liquidate your assets no need to panic sell or anything secondly for for polygon uh, you know like matic network when we evolved into polygon this idea of larger like you know like kind of a you know like a sub foundation for ethereum in in the sense itself like you know we are working for the ethereum ecosystem in in that sense we at least we internally culturally believe so we actually have already expanded our entities into multiple geographies so we are we are like immune to any particular geographies you know concern and previously also when we had built our entity structures we had built for these eventualities right so uh, we have like an our, our token entities in british virgin, virgin islands and then you know our uh, you know the other token interfacing entities are in singapore indian entities absolutely free from any sort of relation to crypto so you know like no need to worry especially related to uh, you know uh, to the to the team and the, the protocol and then now it's a very diversified team with with our entities in you know uh, in europe and uh, you know and in multiple other uh, areas of the world so no need to worry, worry on that and the team is also pretty distributed now so yeah well guys yes. thank you Oh, go ahead, Mihala. No, just one sentence there. Basically, Polygon is a, I, I want to stress again, we consider it a community-driven project and uh, it is not owned by anyone. It's not located in any specific country or anything like that. It belongs to the whole community, it belongs to the world. And uh, 
um, everyone is very much free and welcome to contribute. And it has, as I think we all can see, it is a, a, a quite powerful but quite ambitious vision. So we will definitely need all the help we can get uh, um, to to build this, to make this all happen. So yes, we are inviting everyone to to join us, whether you're technical or not. If you, I don't know if you heard about Polygon, if you understand what we're building and if you like it, if you see it might be a good fit for you, please reach out to us. We are welcoming you with open hands. Well, fantastic, guys. Uh, Mihailo, Sandeep, thanks for spending some time with us and describing Polygon. Uh, it's been a pleasure. This really feels like 2021 will be the year of Layer 2 on Ethereum, and thanks for your work in, in making that happen. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thanks, David, for having us here. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure to be here. All right. Uh, bankless community, there, there are a number of ways to get involved. If you're a developer, of course, uh, Mihailo mentioned that you reach out to the project, reach out to Polygon and see what they're doing. Also, if you're a user, I would encourage you to start using Layer 2. So that poly.market application is one way to do that. Um, you can experience too. Um, that's a good way to get your arms wrapped around this technology and the, and the investments you're making in this space as well is be a user. That's the number one thing you can do to inform yourselves. Of course, risks and disclaimers, guys, none of this has been financial advice. ETH is risky. So is DeFi. So is layer two. You could lose what you put in, but we're headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but thanks for joining us in Bankless today.